We are not getting a divorce. We are not getting a divorce. Hey, welcome to the Super Divorce Supercast. It's uh, Mr. Belvedere episode. I'm <laughs> the vocalist in this band. My name is Nicholas Villars, and I have my good good pal right next to me, Robert Tallman Jr. I play guitar in the band, and uh, I am ready to talk about Mr. Belvedere episode one. That's great news. Yeah. Before we jump into that, um, real quick. We have an album that you can stream, download, and purchase on CD format if you just navigate yourself over to www.superdivorce.bandcamp.com. Yes. And you can stream it. Uh, you can download the tracks in whatever format you prefer. And uh, you can pay what you want or not at all. And uh, you can even download one track if you thought all of the the rest of them were bad. Yeah, yeah. If pick and like choose. Yeah. And, uh, pick your single, your your hotline bling of the album. Instant Please. gratification. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, uh, we also have a show uh, th- this coming Saturday. We do. In Toledo. Mm-hmm. So, yep. we're in a traveling band. So, that's we're gonna cool. We're going to be up at Fool Mansion. So, if you feel like being a fool, <laughs> if you feel like acting a fool, come out to Fool Mansion in Toledo, Ohio. I can't imagine a lot of you are gonna trek up to Toledo, but well, we're on the internet here. We might have people in Toledo listening. That's right. We're watching. We could cause watching Periscope. Um, yeah, there is. I was gonna say someone out there just heard me say watching, and they said, "What do you mean, Nick? I'm listening right now." Well. <laughs> Uh, every week we broadcast our Facebook live, or, uh, sorry, we broadcast on Facebook now. Yes. And on Periscope. This is actually our maiden voyage of broadcasting live on Facebook. So, you're getting the first taste of that. We've been doing the Periscope thing for several shows now, but Facebook, it seems like it gets right to the people that are actually going to kind of give a shit. Yeah. And then Periscope, you get kind of like the random people that... People pop in, and they pop out, and maybe someday they'll in our, s- stay in. <laughs> in our case, they pop in and pop out pretty quick, yeah. usually. Yeah. <laughs> well, we've, we've got a few people who will tune in and stick yeah. around for a while. we got our buddy Thomas, who yeah. shows up every now and again. Shout out to Thomas Aquinas. Yeah, Thomas Aquinas. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's, uh, that's the promotional stuff, right? Um, yes, yes, I, uh, pick up the album, come on. Yeah, yeah. I mean, at this point, If you're not? listening to the podcast or watching this on Facebook, mm-hmm. um, you know. And I mean, if you've been <laughs> listening and you maybe you stream it once a day or, uh, <laughs> once a week even, maybe you've been doing that and, uh, maybe you keep seeing that you could donate and you just don't. Uh, that yeah. Uh, we appreciate you listening, but um, we're not gonna move anywhere in our careers here if you don't give us some of your money. <laughs> so, to be quite frank, um, we appreciate having you around, but uh, at a point, you're gonna have to 
You're gonna have to give us a boost, yeah, or else this whole thing's gonna fall apart. Yeah, it's gonna go away and never come back. Yeah, so it's, and you'll it's never get another recording. It's all up to you. So. If you like having the one recording <laughs> and you're okay with just that one for the rest of your life, yeah, hey, you know that's fine. But just uh, the one super divorce album, yeah, you don't give us a chance to let you down with the sophomore slump album. Mm-hmm. You just right off the bat. You think, all my favorite bands, the first album was their best, mm, and yeah. uh, we're going to leave it at that with Super Divorce, so I'm not going to give them any money or any incentive to continue. You know what's great about the setup we have, where you can pay what you want? You could li- literally give a band a dollar, and That's this right. isn't just for us. No. If you're out there and you enjoy listening to your favorite bands on Bandcamp, and they're maybe kind of indie under the radar... yeah. I know I've done it before. You can go and stream something, you know, ten times before you're finally like, maybe I should throw five bucks their way or something. So it's not just for us. Uh, It's a good thing to do to support the bands you like so that they can continue making music that you can enjoy. That's right. And uh, maybe one, the time that you listen to them, you don't have as much money in your your, uh, uh, piggy bank there. So maybe you drop a dollar for a track and you stream the rest of the album and then the next time you get paid or something you come back and you you know buy the album for 5 bucks or something yeah, you know yeah. so there's and, a hey not to mention we're doing a, a special right now where if you purchase the CD copy of the album and then you uh you email us a picture of yourself <laughs> I will draw your portrait and you'll get your very own personalized uh cover art for the album. Right. So if you are if you are disgustingly self-obsessed, <laughs> this is the uh perk for you. Yeah. Because you can buy our album which in itself is I mean that's magic yeah. right off the bat. And then you can have a picture of your face, you know custom artwork of you hand drawn of of yours the original it won't be a photocopy yes it'll be the the only copy yeah i'm not even going to keep one for myself right so it's not a print it's not a copy it's uh, it's the real deal holyfield it's just for Uh, you evander holyfield do we do butt butt portraits (laughs) someone on periscope just asked that was actually bob's fiance (laughs) She asked if we do uh, butt butt portraits. Mm-hmm. Why yeah. two butts? I don't Why know. Why not just butt portraits? I don't know. One butt? butt. <laughs> just butt. Oh. <laughs> uh, if you send us a photo of your butt, I'd imagine Nick would probably draw it. Yeah, I mean, I'd do that. I don't think he's going to... I mean, that's a little peculiar, but mm-hmm. um, I don't think we could... <laughs> I'm sorry, for the podcast listeners who don't watch live, this probably gets confusing, but I laughed because I saw the hearts fly right when I said Nick would draw a butt photo. Yeah, on Periscope. <laughs> on Periscope. When people like something, they can start making hearts appear on screen, and it's happening That's right, right now. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Try it sometime. Yeah. That's what you're missing, Facebook. You're missing the goddamn hearts. Yep. You gotta give us the hearts. But on Facebook, they can comment and all that good stuff. Hey, there's a, there's a few. Uh, hey, Jack, Crystal's in there. Jesse and Brad. Hello, Brad. Hello. 
Hi. Long time no see, bud. Hey, what's up? Mm-hmm. Gonna need you to take care of some Amazon orders for me here in a few minutes, so <laughs> be ready for that, Brad. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, I guess we should talk about Mr. Belvedere. Yeah. That's what uh, that's what everybody's tuning in to hear. Yeah, about. That's, that's what the whole show is supposed to be. <laughs> so this has all been primer. We've gotten everything out of the way. Now yeah. we can. We've got uh, a nice open open water here where we can just talk about Mr. Belvedere. Yes, and I mean. So far, getting getting the pleasantries and the promotion out of the way, you know, that's been really difficult because uh, Mr. Belvedere, what mm-hmm. what an experience. Um, yeah. Even in the first episode, it mm-hmm. hits the tone right off the bat. Yeah. I mean, it makes me want to watch more of it, honestly. I'm glad you felt that way because yeah. I think we've talked about it. I, I loved that show as a kid. Yeah. So I was hoping that you would... Watch it and be into it. I think um, without, you know, we'll delve more into specific details, but I wanted to get it out of the way and say that I think it's a uh, uh, a good program. Um, the dynamic seems to be right spot on to where you want it to be. Mr. Belvedere is uh, gleefully sarcastic yes. and uh, witty, very witty uh, character. Very snarky at times. Snarky, yeah. yeah. Um, which I'm sure, you know, you'll see a yeah. lot more of going forward. But that's not what this show's about. This show's about Mr. Belvedere Episode 1 mm-hmm. um, and nothing else. So right. um, I like to see Bob Euchre in there. That's, that's what about him? About Does a great job. <laughs> I mean, he's working, with, uh, he's working with Mr. Belvedere, Christopher Hewitt. Um, who is a veteran of the stage coming into this sitcom. Right, I, I imagine, I, I picture him in uh, a lot of Shakespearean uh, plays and, and uh, uh, performances. Yeah. So. so you've got a meeting of two worlds here. You've got former MLB star uh, <laughs> Bob Euchre. Who will, you know, he's he's made a living off poking fun at himself. That's know, right, yeah. Playing baseball, so uh, nothing against Mr. Euchre. We love Bob Euchre here. Oh, yeah. We could do a whole show about his character in Major League. Yeah. One and two. Because mm-hmm. he's essentially the only reason to even watch the second movie. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, the second movie's okay. It's not rated R. That's my problem with it. The yeah. first one's rated R, and it's... So... Check out Major League if you've never seen it. Um, it stars Bob Euchre in the uh, <laughs> titular role as uh, Harry Doyle. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, in um, in Mr. Belvedere, he is uh, George Owens. George Owens. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And I, I haven't quite you... memorized all the character names yet. The I older have... son is named Kevin. Okay, like Owens. Kevin's Kevin Owens. Yeah, <laughs> so. that's uh, yeah, that's for um, for those of you who are wrestling fans. You know, you'll understand that reference. But uh, Kevin Owens is a prominent uh, WWE superstar at the moment. So. But he's also a character in Mr. Belvedere. Yeah. So. It'd be interesting to um, connect the dots. 
<laughs> like George Owens' son grew up to be the to be Kevin Owens, Kevin Owens WWE fame, and bring out Bob Uecker and just have it kayfabe. Yeah, it doesn't get much more kayfabe than having your your character be the grown up version of a sitcom character. Yeah, because uh, yeah, what is kayfabe? Oh man, uh, kayfabe. Uh, Some people might not know. Kayfabe is a wrestling term for um, what would you what would you define it as? It's keeping the what's going on in the story. I would say yeah. on screen, you know, the narrative, if you will, sticking true to you know the narrative as their reality. Mm-hmm. So they're it's a. Uh, it's like what you do with your kids that still believe in Santa Claus. Yeah. That's kayfabe. You're kind of, it's make-believe, but you you're, you buy completely into it, and you don't ever break character or, or uh, you know, go, this is fake. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because in the old days kayfabe. of wrestling, uh, they used to, they used to hold, hold fast to kayfabe. So even after shows, guys would go out and they'd still act like their characters when they were in public mm-hmm. so that people didn't, you know, didn't get right. it yet. They were still trying to make it seem as though it were like an act- active sporting event, yeah. a competition that was happening yeah. the way boxing or MMA fighting is. Now, of course, they don't do that anymore. It's Yeah. In the age of uh, this stuff, this uh, live streaming and whatnot... It would be very difficult to keep kayfabe alive unless you were yeah one hundred percent committed and you just became your character. I feel like real. I feel like Christopher Hewitt could have kept kayfabe alive if he wanted to be Mister Belvedere all the time. Oh yeah, yes. Well, I know so little about the the actor as a person. If you just told me his real name was Mister Belvedere <laughs> and I didn't have access to the Internet Movie Database, yeah. I would, uh, I'd just take it on faith that that's who he was. Um, and I'd imagine he probably brings a little bit of his own personality to the character. For sure. Um, so. Now how about the fact that we find out very early in the show Mm -hmm. when he walks through the door. Right. Mrs. Owens asks for some credentials. And he hands her... A few papers, mm-hmm. and one of them is a letter of recommendation from the Winston Churchill. <laughs> and I think one of the most interesting things about this show, yes, and the entire setup, is assuming that's real. Yes, how he went from working for Winston Churchill <laughs> to coming over to the U.S. and not even having a car. He takes public transportation. Yeah. From the local mall, yes. or to the mall, and then he walks five he miles. Walks five miles from the mall to the family's house. Yeah, because he doesn't have a car, mm-hmm. but he used to work for Winston Churchill. Yeah, the the family. Yeah, that's a good point because the family doesn't even question that. No, why did you go from working for, you know, this uh, uh, famous dignitary in uh, uh, the UK's history? to applying for a Midwestern family, you know, uh, uh, nanny job, basically, mm-hmm. you know. Because he seems like he really needs the job, too. Yes. <laughs> Why else would you walk five miles yeah. 
from the mall to this just <clears throat> house out in suburbia. He could be a dangerous, dangerous alcoholic uh, abuser that was fired from the Churchill job because he was, you know, he became psychotic. Or maybe because he killed someone. Yeah, it's possible. <laughs> and maybe he had done such a good job for so many years, they were like, just get out. Yeah. We're going to cover this up, but you've got to go. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, but the family. The point is, the family doesn't contemplate that. No, she. The, well, the, the mother looks over it yeah. and she says, "Well, this is all well and good," and hands it back to him. But <laughs> well, she says she. Her exact words are, uh, "Is this the Winston Churchill?" And he says, yeah. "Yes." And she says, "Well, I can't call him." Yeah, because he's he was dead. Uh, yeah, even back then. Um. <laughs> but she seems very unimpressed by it yeah like it doesn't it doesn't phase her <laughs> she's just like she treats it almost as an annoyance right like she's only examining the fact that well he gave me a reference and i can't even call the guy anymore so even though it's winston Churchill, yeah. <laughs> it doesn't matter who it is she can't talk to him so that's right uh yeah i i I don't know what the family's reticence is, or specifically the parents, to hire Mr. Belvedere. I think it's because he's a man, and they want well. I think they want motherly who can, kind of yeah, connect touch. with the children, and and, uh, uh, and a large British man maybe is a little more imposing than they yeah. than they imagined. Um, but uh, as you see in the in the first episode of Mr. Belvedere. Yes, Jacob, uh, we're, we're spoiling the whole episode, so we can't, we can't much, uh, uh, <laughs> construct a podcast around episode one of Mr. Belvedere without going into a few details. Spoiler free. <laughs> Spoiler free review. We're just going to talk about our emotions. For an hour and a half. <laughs> How'd it make you feel? We will get into that, though, because, yeah. uh. The show did make me feel, mm-hmm. um, even though it's an 80s sitcom or early 90s, late 80s, 80s, 80s yeah. mm-hmm. um, there's, a, there's some heart in there already, even when the show, even if it's the first episode, I'm sure it uh, comes into its own as, as it goes on, but again, just talking about this one, yeah. so... Yeah. Um, what were we talking about? It was the mother nonchalantly uh, brushes aside the fact that he's worked for Winston Churchill. Yeah. And he's still, that's unimpressive. Yeah. Well, it's not exactly what we were looking for. (laughs) A little sexism there. Maybe. Because if he was a woman who'd worked for Churchill. Or it could have been ageism. Yeah, that too. You know, but she, he's not—he's not elderly by any means. No, he's, but he's—if they were looking for like someone in their twenties or thirties, yeah, you might be like, "Oh, well, this person's not hip; they're not going to connect with the kids yeah. when we're not around." Well. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I just—I uh, would hire Mister Belvedere. Oh, I would too. You would? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Would you uh, delve a little deeper into a maybe do a background check on him just to make sure he didn't get fired from that Churchill job for being a dangerous psychopath? Maybe I just ask him. At what some happened point. with the uh, Churchill gig? Yeah, be like, this is, is very impressive. What? Yeah. 
why are you here? <laughs> so many words, you know. Because I feel like at that point you could have you could have gotten another very prestigious gig somewhere else overseas, unless he was just looking to leave that lifestyle and try going back to the roots of what being you know a housekeeper a butler is all about. Yes, and that's what I think it it really is. Mm-hmm. I don't think he left. You know, uh, I guess the lap of luxury yeah. for a butler. You know, because he's still a, he's still a servant. Mm-hmm. But if you're living in like a giant mansion, serving, you know, you know what might as well be royalty. Um, you're not really going to trade that for a house in the in Midwest in the '80s Midwest. <laughs> Unless you're doing some soul searching of some kind, yeah. which I'd imagine that what he's do—that's what he's doing, because we see at the end of the the episode he's keeping what a journal, of yes, some type, yeah, and uh, I hope that's a recurring thing, is it? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so it, he calls it the Odyssey. Yeah, the Odyssey continues. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a good way to keep track of. His new adventure, mm-hmm. and probably his last. <laughs> uh, so. That's right, because Mister Belvedere, he he doesn't look like a man who uh, who uh, is uh, running five miles a day to no. stay stay in tip top shape or anything, and he looks like a man who's ready to. Uh, to pass on with dignity. <laughs> His last adventure. <laughs> the last adventure. Yeah. Uh, Lynn Belvedere. Lynn Belvedere. On the on the Wikipedia page, it actually says his uh, middle name as well. What what's his What uh, is believe, Mr. Belvedere's middle name? I believe it was uh, Aloysius. Aloysius. <laughs> Aloysius? Yeah. Lynn Aloysius Belvedere. Yeah. Okay. I like it. And what's the actor's real name again? Christopher Hewitt. Hewitt. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. Both uh, pretty regal names. I don't know Even if there's any relation to Jennifer Love Hewitt. <laughs> He's her uh, great grandfather. Mm hmm. Actually, he could probably just be her grandfather. Yeah. I imagine he's probably. What, in his early 60s when the show started? Maybe late 50s? Or? Well, I think he died in 2001 at the age of 80. Okay. So 20 years. But yeah, yeah. Well, it wouldn't have been 20 years. It would have been more like... Well, I, I, didn't, uh, I didn't do any research on when the first episode of Belvedere I think happened. it was it was either 84 or 85. Okay, so mid-80s we're yeah. talking. And it ran okay. until, I think, maybe, I don't know if it was 90 or 80, I don't, something like that. It was very late 80s or very early 90s when mm-hmm. it went off the air. I cannot recall. Well, uh, he, he must be in his mid-50s then in the show. Yeah. So, uh... He's been through a lot in his mm-hmm. life. He has. He, he looks a little older than that. <laughs> <laughs> the family's concerned that he's too old. 
Um, but he's actually like 35. <laughs> Maybe they didn't want him to pass away while they were gone. <laughs> and thought that he would die while he was alone with the kids. And yeah. <laughs> be a terrible fire or something. <laughs> yeah, because he, he doesn't look like he'd move all that fast. Yeah. In a, in a fire mm-hmm. type situation, so... So, you said that, uh, you know, there was some emotion involved for you. That's right. What were you, uh, what were you thinking? What, what, what stands out as the most impactful takeaway from episode number one? Well, there's some, uh, there's some, uh, pretty, uh, good characterization, I would say, uh, especially of the kids. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's how the episode kind of wraps up is, they're sort of seeing Mr. Belvedere on its way, and he uh, reveals that not only can he connect to the kids, but he has in just the short amount of time that he's been there, which is one day. Um, so you have the uh, the oldest son, who I can relate to, uh, is... Um, sorry. <laughs> the oldest son has changed his report card from D's, or from B's to D's. Yeah. Because he knows if he gets a good report card, he will be able to get his driver's license. He has a deal with his father. Yeah. And he deliberately tanks his report card because he uh, he doesn't want to grow up. Yeah. He, he thinks getting a license and then the next step is leaving the house and then getting married. And then suddenly you have three kids of your own and a second mortgage, I think he says. So... The old snowball effect. Yeah, it's all going a little too fast for him, and he's trying to slow it down. Pump the brakes. Yeah, because he's, he's uh, what I would say, he's having a little bit of an existential crisis, mm-hmm. dare I say. Because you, you, know, you don't necessarily apply that nomenclature to, uh, to those feelings when you get them when yeah. you're that age, but that's really what it is, because yeah. you perceive that you're not going to be able to go back once you get to a certain point. Um, like I'm, we're in our, we're only two years apart. We're hovering around the age of 30. So I can't be 16 again. I no. can't experience that. You can't do And that. I relate to the sun in that way. Because mm-hmm. I, you know, some days you'd like to travel back and just relive some of those days, you know. Even if you're not, uh, Bruce Springsteen, and that's all you think about and write songs about every day is your glory days. <laughs> you know, but then you, uh, you're you glad that um, you've gotten through a lot of the crap that comes right. along with being a 16-year-old, so... Yes. Um, but anyway, Mr. Belvedere, I, I believe, <laughs> helps him through that. That's you right. Know. Yeah. Um... Mr. Belvedere, uh, let's, uh, what's the oldest son's name? Kevin. Kevin. That's K.O. <laughs> K.O. Oh, yeah. man. I already forgot. <laughs> he lets K.O. know that, uh, even in his, uh, advanced years, he allows himself 15 minutes a day where he gets to, uh, indulge in, uh, childish behavior. Yeah. With, uh, no restraint. Right. He watches Roadrunner cartoons for 15 minutes a day. <laughs> Even if he doesn't want to. Even if he... 
doesn't feel like it. <laughs> he forces himself yeah. to watch Roadrunner cartoons. So, uh, yeah, Mr. Belvedere holding it down for, uh, the, the, uh, those of us who, um, who would like to hang on to a, a bit of that, uh, days gone by. Yes. Mm-hmm. So that, that, that was what I connected with most, I felt like, because, uh, I often contemplate my life and where I've been and where I'm headed and things of that nature, so. So in a sense, it was you sitting in that car with, Lynn Belvedere for a few minutes. That's right. (laughs) I wish I'd had that chat with, uh, with a British, uh, butler when I was 16. Do you suppose that, uh, you will engage in 15 minutes of childish behavior every day? Uh, uh, definitely. Yeah. Um, if not more. From here on out? Yes. And, um, I don't know how we define it these days because I think, because of that mindset, we have kind of stretched our childhoods into adulthood because you get, you know, adults are still reading comics and, you know, superhero movies are the big thing still. And people of all ages are watching this stuff. And, you know, people in their 40s are doing podcasts about Batman, Kevin yeah. Smith, you know. So we do stretch it out and kind of. So I, I don't, I think that's something that, uh, society is getting right. You yeah. don't have to, I think the baby boomer, boomer generation <coughs> specifically, you know, you're forced out of the house and into the workforce, you know, in your early twenties and then suddenly, you know, you have a house and all this stuff, you know, relying on you to bust your ass all the time and, um, I think now we're, we're a little bit more comfortable with ourselves and not having to, having to, uh, uh, live up to our parents, you know, expectations of working your ass off until you die kind of deal. So, (laughs) so whereas Mr. Belvedere suggested at least 15 minutes, we've kind of, uh, just decided to do that all the time. All the fucking time. <laughs> <laughs> in my in my life, it's basically everywhere outside of work. Because mm-hmm. I'm, I I don't, I try not to be uptight and grown up about really anything. Uh, I try not to take myself too seriously either, because um, I just can't. I know what's going on in there, and it's uh, in my brain, I mean, and I, I can't take it that seriously. When I start to, that's when the, you know, I have to bring out the the uh, childhood joy again. I don't know if we have any viewers. We've lost them. Uh-oh. Maybe yeah. we should find, like, a... Maybe we can set up a sort of a holder stand yeah yeah i i do think i was going to um to say that um there we go yeah it's definitely distracting trying to hold the phone and talk to the to the facebook and do a podcast at the same time so um not too bad we're balancing it here um normally it'll say how many viewers you have up in the up in the left hand side there, but uh 
None. Maybe we have none viewers. Yeah. We have none on Periscope as well. Yeah. So if you're listening to the podcast, (laughs) you're here at a point where no one else is listening besides you. It's like, uh... Unless they're also listening to the You are the... You're James Cameron, uh... (laughs) Down (laughs) thousands of feet below sea level. You're just (laughs) chilling out with us. The submarine. And we are... We're like those weird fish with the lights on the end of their heads. That's right. With, with the sharp teeth. Yeah. They're scary. Really ugly looking things. Yeah. <laughs> you see some strange creature with, I don't know, tentacles and it's just made out of light somehow. Yeah. Ira- iridescent. Yeah. I think. Mm-hmm. Bioluminescent. Mm. Yes. Yeah. Learned about that in, uh, in uh, biology. Right. And... <laughs> What you probably did not learn about in biology was uh, Mr. Belvedere. That's right. I did not. But he is, of course, uh, he is a uh, biological organism. (laughs) (laughs) And it's not something you think about very often, but it it would have fit right in there in your biology textbook. You could have turned the page and seen Lynn Belvedere. Yeah. This is a a biological organism right here. A breakdown of all his different biological uh, processes and, uh, you know, his, uh, you know, kind of a, a breakdown of, where, you know, um, his aging, you mm-hmm. know, what happens when you get older. Yeah. Uh, you know, if you're, if you're not exercising regularly, you know, you can develop that, uh, that uh, poochy midsection. Uh, your body tends to carry a little more fat as you get older. But he certainly would have had to uh, have remained mentally sharp to That's do a right. good job as a butler. That's right. So he's using his head, and he's also, I'm sure, using certain muscles in his arms. And he needs to be able to walk around the house uh, and get upstairs and downstairs efficiently. <laughs> because he can't just clean the downstairs. He's going to have to go upstairs to take care of things. And there are muscle contractions and muscles being broken down and rebuilt while he's asleep. <laughs> So he's just like anyone else. That's right. And uh, I think that we should maybe look at including him in our textbooks. Yes. And, uh, yeah, and it, it can give you a picture of what, you're, what you could be like if you become a butler yeah. in your life. And maybe um, also <clears throat> show you what you might want to improve upon. Because, as you mentioned, he does have a little bit of the poochy stomach. Yes. So you could say, oh, I'm going to be a butler... But I'm also going to uh, I'm going to make sure that I'm not just exercising my normal butler muscles, <laughs> but I'm going to go the extra step, and I'm going to make sure I also continue to keep myself looking good in my later years. You know what I would have liked to have seen if if only Mr. Belvedere had existed maybe uh, 15 years or so after the show was in its prime. Is DDP uh, making a connection with Mr. <laughs> Belvedere, and then Mr. Belvedere becomes so inspired, yeah, by his own weight loss journey and his own, uh, you know, getting in shape kind of uh, awakening, that he starts his own fitness regimen for butlers, yeah, called uh, Butler Boot Camp with Mr. <laughs> Belvedere, um, where wherein you learn. The uh, the subtleties of being a butler, while also um, 
learning how to uh, kind of integrate a fitness regimen into your daily chores. Yeah, that's a great idea. So maybe as you're bringing the family breakfast, um, it's part of the program to, once you pick up the plates, do a set of 20 uh, parallel squats. Mm -hmm. And then you set the breakfast down and uh, take a 30-second break. And uh, once... You know, you're you're squatting through the whole breakfast, you know, with 30-second breaks. And then once the plates are, are empty, you walk them over to the to the sink and you do a few uh, bicep curls yeah. with, the, with the stacked ceramic plates. And you could also use uh, DDP's dynamic resistance where you are, <laughs> you're making it a little harder for yourself to lift the plates up and down. Yes. Just in case they don't have the heavy china, because yeah. not every family can afford that. Mm -hmm. Especially if you're working for a Midwestern family, yeah. blue collar. You know, we use a lot of plastic plates here in the Midwest. Mm -hmm. um, so that dynamic resistance can definitely come in handy when you're trying to build those massive arms. Um, well, you know, speaking of being in the Midwest and them not having, you know, Maybe as much money as uh, he might be used to. Yes. Having worked for Winston Churchill. Yeah. Um, do you think <laughs> that because of his unique situation, you never hear money talked about? No. Uh, what Not in episode one, be? at least. Right. And I don't know if it ever came up later, mm -hmm. but we, all we can do is we can just guess here. Right. Because we're dealing with episode one. Um, do you... Suppose that maybe it was understood without really explicitly saying so that if you allow me to work for you and be your butler and stay here, that's going to be all the payment I need. Yes. Give me room and board and that's all. Right. I think that is is right on the money. Um, he doesn't come in, you know giving a price or naming off, you know, or trying to negotiate a fee or anything. I think he's in it for the experience. I think he wants to uh bring a little uh um a little English uh um uh, uh, what would you call it? Some English manners. Uh yeah. uh manners class. Yeah. Class it up a little bit. Class up a nice uh, Midwestern family that's uh you know, they're not completely off the rails. The kids aren't drug addicts or anything. They're not uh, um, smoking cigarettes yet or anything. But he, uh, they do have a slight disconnect because everybody's yeah. super busy and everything. And he wants to bridge that gap mm -hmm. from one family member to the other. Specifically from the parents to the children. Mm -hmm. He's going to become that bridge. So it's kind of like connecting the London Bridge to maybe the the George Washington. Right, right, exactly. And uh, through teaching them some, um, some English uh, manners, uh, I think uh, Mr. Belvedere is going to give uh, the kids some structure, which they seem to uh, seem to need in their daily lives. Um, as a kid, I, I did not, I might have watched Mr. Belvedere a few times. The early to mid 80s is a little before my time. So I would have only been catching it on the tail end or in reruns. But, um, 
I don't remember being able to grasp um, the characterization or anything. I probably heard the laugh tracks and just assumed that the show was supposed to be funny. Because that's all I could perceive at the time. I was telling them about how <laughs> Nick stepped out for a moment. Yeah. Uh, for those who aren't watching this, just listening to it. Is anyone watching? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. We, we see that people are joining, but I don't see... Hmm. That's just flipping the camera. Hmm. Yeah. Well, whatever. Don't watch it. <laughs> <laughs> it's a show about Mr. <laughs> Belvedere. I'm a little butthurt that Andrew is not watching right now because yeah. this was all his idea. This is so. a big one for him. He better watch the replay. Yeah. So... Um, see if I ever clean his toilet. Do you think Mr. Belvedere, does he ever clean toilets? I'm sure he cleans toilets. Right, because he's a butler. Yeah, he has to. Do you think he would get upset if, um, the toilet was... See, I think part of his shtick as, as Mr. Belvedere is that he's trying to make his job easier by teaching everybody to not throw their shit on the floor. He's not just going to, you know, indulge them and pick up after yeah. them and wait on them hand and foot. He's going to teach them how to be a little bit self-reliant when it comes mm-hmm. to those things. Yeah. Um I feel like in the in the coming episodes. Well, I think that's part of being a butler as well. Yeah. Is letting people know, "Hey, that's not cool." Yeah, you know. It's not just you pick up everything all the time <laughs> because you, you're the butler. Yeah, like the family just sits on the couch and when they're done with their food, they just throw their plates against yeah. the wall. I think in having it. a butler, there's probably um, uh, an unspoken agreement there yes. where it's like, by bringing you into our house, uh, we want to have a certain type of house. Yeah. You know, and um, you know that there's a certain type of home. Where uh, you would imagine a butler might be. And you can't imagine um, TV dinners stacked up no. weeks prior and, you know. Or the old popcorn in the couch that yeah. he digs out. Yeah. 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 Uh, shirts and things left strewn about the house. This is not going to happen when you have a butler working for you. Right. Especially a butler like Mr. Belvedere. Yeah. Who's... High class, um, you know, very mannered and uh, kind of uh, proper, Mm -hmm. you know. Now, one thing that's interesting, you mentioned you didn't get a chance to uh, notice all the differences between the pilot and actual episode one. Mm. But I think the, uh, I actually read on the Wikipedia page, the biggest difference is um, the fact that George mentions during the talk with uh kevin mm-hmm. about the car yeah he mentions in the pilot that he works in construction oh okay and in episode one they took that detail out okay so did they not want to commit to that career I choice guess not. Or? Yeah. okay yeah that's interesting mm-hmm 
They might have not wanted him to... They might have wanted to delay, you know, committing to a career choice for the father. Yeah. So maybe they hadn't thought that through all the way. Mm-hmm. Um, I just picture it's... It's Harry Doyle coming yeah. home from a day of calling a Cleveland <laughs> Indians game. <laughs> yeah. I just can't see Bob Euchre as anything else. Because this is, I think, the only other form of media that I've seen him in besides... I mean, he does, like, talk shows every now and then. Or, yeah. But I've never seen him, like, acting regularly. Mm-hmm. In, in anything but yeah. Mr. Belvedere and Major League. Yeah. <laughs> and well, he does a good job. It's a shame. Yeah, yeah. There's... Well, in, especially in the 80s sitcom, it's it's sort of a... It's a unique delivery because mm-hmm. it's not it's not really that natural of interaction. It's delivering the lines for the laugh track to hit, and mm-hmm. then... I th- you know, sitcoms today are, are similar to that, but I think this is more, it's more of a performance. Yeah. I like it. It's like a, it's like watching a wrestling match. Mm-hmm. Everybody has to hit their spots. Yeah. Um, and even though the laugh track is, you know, fake and everything, they, they, it's only effective if the joke is actually funny. Yeah. You know, psychologically, so, um. And I did chuckle several times. Um, maybe let's talk about that. What are the times that you maybe were watching the the first episode and genuinely either smiled or laughed out loud? Um, I think just any time, basically any time Belvedere's a dick. Because <laughs> it just struck me as how hilarious this is that he walks into this house... He just kind of acts like he already has the job. Yeah, he he bowls over everything. Yeah. He just... And he's, like, he is particularly unpleasant towards George, (laughs) it seems like. And to me, it's like, well, no one's told you you've gotten the job yet. That's right. So is he just so confident in his abilities that he's like, I'm going to come in here and right off the bat, um, I'm pulling no punches... I'm going to tell these people exactly how it is, and uh, I'm going to do it with my trademark uh, smartassery <laughs> that I've, I've kind of honed from years and years of being around Winston Churchill. Yeah, and who I imagine is probably a smartass. Yeah, or was a smartass. Yeah, maybe picked up on some of it from old Winston. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I was because uh, I didn't remember. It had been so long since I watched the show. I just mm-hmm. remember liking it as a kid. But I was watching episode one, and uh, it's like, Jesus Christ, he's kind of a dick. <laughs> but it's funny, and he has a heart of gold, too. Yes. Which definitely, uh, that that makes up for it, you know. If you're going to be a dick, you have to have a heart of gold underneath. Yeah. You can't just be a dick. Yeah. Because it doesn't work, and yeah. it's not funny. So... You need to have that endearing core to you yeah. if you're going to have a character like that. And he breaks it down for him right at the end. Yeah. When when uh, the Mr. and Mrs. of the household kind of um, kind of give him the business, and they're like, well, 
you know, don't take this personally. We just don't think that you're the right person to connect with the children. Mm-hmm. He's like, oh, I understand. By the way, and then he runs <laughs> immediately through every problem that he fixed with the children <laughs> in like the less than 24 hours he's been in their home. And so then, of course, it's like, all right, well, we've got to keep this guy around now. I just think he's got uh, a little bit of that Kobe Bryant, Michael Jordan complex where yeah. he just... He knows he's at the top of his game, mm-hmm. and uh, having these people who obviously haven't interacted with a person like him before, he's going to show them something, yeah. you know? It's sort of like somebody calling out Kobe, and yeah. him being like, oh yeah, you know, yeah. you're just too prideful to let people think anything else, that you're any less than the best. So, so Belvedere kind of goes into his Mamba stage, that's right. where he just... <laughs> Puts it all out there. <laughs> yep, he drops 60. Yeah. And uh, just shows that if he wants to, he can. <laughs> that's, yeah. you know, so. If you want me to set your house right, I can do it. That's right. And I can do it in less than a day. So. And as, yeah, as a child of the, you know, born in the late 80s, early 90s, grew up, I... I don't know. I, I have something for people at the top of their game. Mm-hmm. You know, Michael Jordan was my hero growing up. I loved Tiger Woods when he was first on the scene. It's, it was so awesome seeing, you know, this newcomer just dominate everyone yeah. and just be untouchable like that. And uh, Belvedere's got that swagger that guys, that greats like that have. And uh, that's something, you know, we see... A little bit of it here and there these days, but uh, there was something about you know the great ones mm-hmm. in the in the last couple decades that you know something uh, you know that's specific for that time period. You know, a Belvedere swagger. That's right. <laughs> My Mister Belvedere rookie card. <laughs> I wonder if they ever made or, uh, baseball cards for Mister Belvedere. They made cards for a lot of things, um, so I'd imagine they probably exist somewhere, maybe. Yeah. Um, if anybody uh, <coughs> is watching or um, listening who knows of any Mr. Belvedere uh, memorabilia that's uh, that's floating around out there, let us know, because yeah. uh, I'm interested. Well, I'm sure they auction stuff off. When the show was canceled, when it didn't get renewed. So someone out there probably has maybe the couch from the Owens' living room. Mm-hmm. Maybe some of the cookware that Belvedere used during the show. <laughs> maybe one of Lynn Belvedere's old suits. Yeah. Maybe Lynn Belvedere's mummified corpse. <laughs> it's, it's, it's stuffed in... Uh, it's uh, a, um, adorning somebody's uh, den somewhere. It's yeah. next to a fireplace, <laughs> but not too close. Yeah. You don't want him to... Maybe they put it on wheels, and he's, like, carrying a tray. <laughs> so they've got, like, a remote, and they can just drive him around the house and, can, like, offer hors d'oeuvres or drinks. He's got a little voice box. Yeah. That he's, he's essentially a giant Mr. Belvedere action figure. Yeah. With a little... You press a little button and he 
Dinner is served. <laughs> and he just kind of... I'd like to see a, a Todd McFarlane um, Belvedere action figure. <laughs> One of the really detailed ones with, yeah. like... Fully articulated yeah. fingers and mm-hmm. elbow joints and... Comes with, you know, your traditional butler fare. Maybe a towel. <laughs> a serving tray. Oh, I hope his family never hears this. They Christopher, Christopher Hewitt. <laughs> we want we want him to be turned into a life sized corpse <laughs> action figure that you can still use as a butler. <laughs> now, of course, we all love Christopher Hewitt. That's but, right. Um, you know why don't? It's always fun to do a little fantasy booking. Mm-hmm. So why don't we uh, why don't we go back and recast Mr. Belvedere? Okay. Well, let's start with the 80s. At that time period, um, if you were casting the show and maybe Hewitt was busy, mm-hmm. who else would you have gone to? Oh, man, that is rough. Um, that's a good question because he's he's British. He's heavy set. He's got a mustache. Um, does he have a mustache? Yeah. He has a mustache. Okay. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Um, well, not not necessarily like you have to have a mustache, but I feel like the Mr. Belvedere character only works if it's a real English actor. Mm-hmm. Um, and if I'm digging into the 80s, I'm having a rough time coming up with a... <laughs> How was Michael Caine doing in the 80s? Is he doing okay? I'm sure he was doing great. <laughs> okay. <laughs> what I mean is, would he have desperately needed the money enough to play Mr. Belvedere? Because are we... Is it anything goes, you can cast him whether they would have done it or not? Yeah. Or, yeah. okay. You could... You're just... This is an idea. You take the, the script mm-hmm. to him. And it's like, I know this is off the wall for you. Yeah. But... I know you're Michael Caine. Yeah. But here's the deal. We want you to play an English butler. <laughs> I think Michael Caine would have been a, a good Mr. Belvedere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can I can imagine him doing the same things and yeah. having that that swagger yes. that you need. He'd be a little bit uh, more um, maybe brittle, mm-hmm. I think, in his delivery. Yeah. Just because he has that strong kind of borderline Cockney British accent. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it, it, the delivery would <laughs> just his. It could be because I've seen him play a butler now. Yeah, in, in the three Batman movies, the Christopher Nolan movies. But uh, I think Michael Caine would have been a good Belvedere. That's my pick. Okay. That's my fantasy Belvedere <laughs> pick. What about you? I'm going to. Uh, I'm gonna. Get on a plane, and I'm going to take the script over to Sean Connery. (laughs) Just on the off chance that maybe he's feeling crazy and... And the money's good enough. Yeah. You You have unlimited budget, so... At that point, that would have been really huge. I mean, because now you've got... Famous actors jumping into <laughs> Netflix series. 
TV isn't like the the lower tier anymore, in my opinion. Because you, right. you've got big name actors like Robin Williams was doing um, a network television show. Yes, when he passed away. Yes, uh, and uh, I know you got Kevin Spacey and House yeah. of Cards, a Netflix show. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there's many more that I'm sure we're not. Yeah, but just covering, a, but a couple quick examples, mm-hmm. and you know, just by watching that uh, the quality has gone through the roof. Yeah, I think since the streaming services came along, mm-hmm. people can just pick up and watch TV shows whenever they want. You've got the whole marathoning thing now that people like to do. Yeah, it's so film. Yeah, definitely movies and and TV are. There's a bigger divide I think now than 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 ever before because with a show, if you're pumping out quality episodes that people can follow and you know maybe each episode's an hour long you're gonna get way more satisfaction out of season after season you know getting into these characters and really going into it because um with a movie you have to kind of pack it all into yeah although we are seeing a lot more like trilogies and things but it, it seems like um the age of the of the uh, the movie is kind of I don't know the quality in movies seems to be dipping while the quality of television is through the roof at the yeah. moment. So that's now. Yes, but in the eighties, that yeah. was not the case, right? You know, <laughs> it would have definitely been seen as slumming it if you mm. went from being a, an actor of uh, Sean Connery's stature. Yeah. In all these blockbuster movies, to then yep. going and doing Mr. Belvedere, <laughs> so it could have been he could have changed the game early mm-hmm. if they did a great job with it. Yes, and it went on for fifteen seasons. Yeah, and became like the world's most popular television show. Yeah, and uh, oh. yeah, could have could have had a game changer back in the eighties. Yeah. Um, it also could have tanked Connery's career completely. <laughs> That's and just true. Just absolutely gutted his credibility. And he yeah. would have never had any. He would have never done uh, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Mm-hmm. I feel like if he would have taken the Belvedere, Belvedere job. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, and that's one of my favorite movies ever made. So, okay. If I can choose between. Having uh, Last Crusade exist or 15 high-quality seasons of Belvedere with Sean Connery as the lead. It, it is a tough choice, but I, I have to stick with uh, Last Crusade. What if you also get case. the added bonus of Christopher Hewitt appearing in Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade <laughs> for Sean Connery? <laughs> so you just swap them. Yeah. You put them in... Oh, man. See that how oh, the the father son dynamic between Connor and Ford is what makes that movie so great. Yeah. But I think it could work with Christopher Hewitt. You know, it might be blasphemy to yeah. say that, but I think I, I would have given him a shot if Connery, you know, was in a was in a plane crash like a week before shooting started or wrapped up with Belvedere. Or yeah. <laughs> 
Sorry, I, I took a trip back into the real world for a second, but, um, yeah, Sh- Connery's busy with Belvedere, he can't, uh, he can't, <laughs> he has no time to shoot a feature-length picture, Yeah, because the shooting schedule for Mr. Belvedere is just far too demanding, so, uh, Christopher Hewitt, um, is, is your next choice. Mm-hmm. But then again, you still have Michael Caine at your disposal too. Yeah. So it's going to be rough for for Hewitt to get the part. Mm-hmm. He's going to have to nail the audition. Yeah. Um. So. But I'd wish him luck because I think he he could have done it. Especially the uh, the uh, the umbrella scene when he's <laughs> shooing away all the uh, all the seabirds. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Belvedere running down a beach. <laughs> Those yeah. people are trying to kill us. <laughs> yeah, I think it could work. Yeah. Maybe some uh some very tech savvy um creative type out there will put that together somehow. Well, depending on yeah, how far technology advances, uh you yeah. could have you could have virtual versions of actors who are deceased, mm-hmm. and then they could star in new films. Yeah. You could have your Humphrey Bogarts come back and stuff. So For a movie with be, Tom Cruise. Yeah. Maybe. Jack Reacher, too. <laughs> <laughs> Plays Tom Cruise's father. Um, maybe that could be Jack Reacher, too, <laughs> the reach around. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. The reach around. Mm-hmm. Jack, Jack reach around. <laughs> uh, yeah, starring uh, Humphrey Bogart as uh, Tom Cruise's father. They try to just. They would. They would have to somehow try to capture some of the magic from Last Crusade. Yeah, there'd have to be some kind of a father-son mm-hmm. dynamic between uh, between old Humphrey and uh, Tom Cruise. <laughs> <laughs> now, this is interesting here. What if you went a totally different route in the '80s, and you got Tom Cruise to play? <laughs> Mr. Belvedere. <laughs> Tom Cruise at his age in the 80s? Yeah. So he's like in his mid-20s or yeah. something? Or early 20s, probably. Well, he's, what, he's in his early 50s now. It's about 30 years ago. So yeah, early 20s. To play Mr. Belvedere. <laughs> Uh, I'm gonna say no on that one. No, because I don't. Know, I don't think Tom Cruise at that age is pulling off a convincing enough British accent. And I don't think, you know, it may be ageist, but I think the age of the butler, the age of Mister Belvedere, has something to do with. It gives you an air. He gives off an air of experience, mm-hmm. um, an aura of experience. Uh, he uh, has seen things. He's worked for Churchill and stuff. And you have little pissant Tom Cruise coming in there at age 22 
And it's like, what? Who is this guy barging into our house? You know, let's call the police. <laughs> I think George uh, would have kicked his ass for. Yeah, probably. Yeah, <laughs> acting the way that Lynn Belvedere did. Yes. Yeah. And something to be said for uh, Christopher Hewitt is how he delivers those lines. Yeah. Is how he gets away with the the snarky sarcasm. Mm-hmm. Cause they can tell he's, you know, he's British. So there's, there, there's some kind of a, it softens the blow a little bit, mm-hmm. but if you're just a little shit and yeah. you're Tom Cruise, you're getting, you're getting uh cold cocked probably. <laughs> How about John Cleese? Oh, John Cleese, yeah. Man. I don't know if you've ever seen Faulty Towers, which is a wonderful television I've seen show, clips but... from it. Yeah. Um, and it looks wonderful. That was um, a much different character than Mr. Belvedere, but still, <laughs> I think he could have come in and done a good job. Yeah. John Cleese would have... He would have probably elevated it even more than Christopher Hewitt did. It could have been, like you said, with Sean Connery coming in, it could have been a, a, a sensation. Yeah. Which, uh, if Belvedere was around for a few seasons, you know, we're in an age, I think, where shows running a long time is a lot more common, but back then... Yeah, they got six seasons. Running so. for six seasons, that's a damn good run. Yeah. Because I remember... Seinfeld being in its ninth season was, like, unheard of for yeah. a sitcom, especially to keep things fresh that whole time. Yeah. Um, and all you have is a butler and a family, you know, to to drive that show for that long. So it shows that people cared about those characters mm-hmm. and wanted to tune in every week. So Now, if we're doing a reboot... Today, maybe Netflix was going to bring it back or Hulu. Yeah. Um, who do you think you'd go with for Belvedere now? <sighs> That's a good question. Because Michael Caine is still, he could still do it. He still could, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he could have done it back then and he can do it now. Um, I think you'd have to put a mustache on him. Um, I'm trying to think. Michael Caine. There's another British actor that I that I really like in comedic roles, um, but I can't ever remember his name. He's got blonde, curly hair. Sometimes it's a little longer, but uh, he's in the movie. Uh, um, Tropic Thunder, he's the guy who gets exploded and his head gets blown off. Um, I think that guy would be a, a cool Mr. Belvedere. Throw a mustache on him. Uh, Nick stepped out again, so it's just Bob at, at the moment. Um, let's see here. I was just trying to see how long I could uh, be dead silent before people just left. Um, Sorry. No, that's okay. So, uh, were, you, were you examining Michael Caine further? I was examining Michael Caine, but then I wanted to go... 
I wanted to go a different direction because I didn't want to just be redundant and choose him again. And there, the the British actor came up again in my mind. Uh, the guy from Tropic Thunder that gets exploded and his oh, head yeah. gets blown off. Uh, Steve, I, I, I can't Steve ever remember something. his goddamn name. But uh, if you gave him a closed, like a shorter haircut. And slapped a mustache on him, gave him a mustache, had him grow one. I think he could be a nice, snarky, sarcastic Belvedere for today's time period. Yeah. Um, and he would be very funny in the role. So, whatever that damn guy's name is. I'm thinking it's Steve <laughs> Coogan, maybe? Does that sound right? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Well, he does a damn good Michael Caine impression. Yeah. I know that. Um, so you could maybe have him do as Michael Caine as Mr. Belvedere. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. But I, I think he's a fine uh, uh, comedic actor. Yeah. And he's he's genuinely British. He is. What would you think about Russell Brand as Mr. <laughs> Belvedere? Um, I think he's still too young. <laughs> too young? Okay. Maybe another 20 years. <laughs> okay. <laughs> he might be able to do it. But right now... A much more flamboyant Mr. Belvedere. Yeah. It could work. I think he would be hitting on the the young girl of the family. That's right, he would. Or yeah. she'd be falling in love with him. Yeah. Even if he was trying to stop it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> My dog's being insane, so I'm going yeah. to try to fix this um be right back <laughs> what would mr belvedere do about your dog right now um i think he would probably uh if there was like a garage you know <laughs> he would take him to the garage that's like detached from the house yeah you know pretty much like mine you probably just put him over there yeah for a few hours let him think about what he's done if you couldn't hear Nick, uh, he said that Mr. Belvedere would deal with his insane dog by maybe having him spend a time out in the garage for a minute and think about what he's done. So, um, I don't exactly know what's, uh, um, what Nick's pick is going to be, but I'm, uh, uh, very uh, excited to find out. I'm trying to. I was going to try to anticipate who he was going to pick, but who's your rebooted Belvedere? Um, my rebooted Belvedere. <sighs> Boy. Um. I think, uh, you know Billy Connolly? Give me some context. Uh, I'm trying to think what the last thing I saw him in was. Um, did you ever, have you seen Boondock Saints 2? No. no. I've not even seen the first one. That was the, the latest thing that I saw him in. Let me just pull him up here. <laughs> We're breaking the podcast rule just this once. Just so I can show, well, have 
in some trouble here. <laughs> By the way, we should explain uh, Bender's not here because he uh, he was moving today. And uh, he had... To... <laughs> <laughs> this man. I don't recognize him. At all. Huh. Yeah, he's been in a lot of stuff. Interesting. I'm trying to think what you might know him from. He plays, uh, 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 looks like he plays, um, a dwarf in the Hobbit movies. Yeah. But, uh, they're so heavily made up, I, I can't, I can't imagine which one he is. He's a good actor. Okay. I think he would do a good job. Okay. But then maybe, you know, going back to, uh, Back to my earlier pick. It's what fun. if I went? What if I chose a different Bond? Uh huh. Um, oh, I think I know where you're going with this. Maybe Daniel Craig. I thought. <laughs> I thought you. Were, I was certain you were going to pick Pierce Brosnan. No. <laughs> <laughs> he said he's done with Bond. Yeah, it's the perfect so. time to cast him as the the rebooted Mister Belvedere. <laughs> okay. And you know you might be able to work in. I was having a conversation with uh, with Andrew, mm-hmm. um, and uh, we brought up the idea of possibly having like another aspect of the Belvedere show mm-hmm. that they never did, where after he closes his journal, that's when he goes to work as like a secret agent. Yeah, I was. I was, I had that in my head. And that's the real reason why he is over in the U.S. and not working for the royalty anymore. Yeah. You know, is because... Undercover. Yeah. He's, uh... (laughs) Involved in some, uh, espionage. Yeah. And I know Daniel Craig was probably trying to get away from that by not doing Bond anymore, but I feel like maybe if that was only, like... 15% 15% of the show, and the rest of the time he was he was just the butler, that you could really uh, make an interesting program. <laughs> what about Tom Cruise now as Mr. Belvedere instead of 80s Tom Cruise? Mm-hmm. So Jack Reacher, Tom. Maybe if he... Still uh, has the secret agent on the side, too. Yeah. If he, if he could get the look from that movie that he did with Jamie Foxx. Yeah, so let him... Let his hair get gray. Yeah. He stops dyeing his hair, which, of course, he does. Mm-hmm. Because um, it's very well known that he's a vain person. Yeah. <laughs> That's why he's still doing these action movies where he's always running mm-hmm. when he's in his 50s now. Um, which I commend, you know. If you can do it, why not do it, you know. Look yeah. at Liam Neeson. Mm-hmm. Liam Neeson as Mr. Belvedere. That'd be really good. Yeah. yeah. He would have, uh, I, I feel like he'd be a little more stern. What if Belvedere became a Bond type of institution? <laughs> where it's like a new actor would come in and play Belvedere. One plays him for like three or four seasons and then... But maybe it moves when when Belvedere has to go somewhere. Yes. He goes to another family, but it's also a new actor assuming yes. the role. And you're, as a viewer, you're expected to believe that it's the same person, mm-hmm. but he's uh, 
it's sort of um kind of mission impossible style makeup yeah. mm-hmm. that he's putting on or maybe even surgeries yes. to look like a different person altogether <laughs> <laughs> or now, i like that now you I could like even that. go with like a, a genetic modification right where he goes into the the gene therapy mm-hmm. uh clinic Mm-hmm. Top secret clinic, and then they yeah. they modify his genes at that level to produce different uh, effects yes. in his physical appearance. Yes, so you could have Daniel Craig mm-hmm. for a few seasons, Liam Neeson for yeah. a few seasons. Um, they would just have to kind of capture the same tone, uh-huh. even though they're different actors. They would have to stick true to the Belvedere. Uh, uh, Legacy, yeah. Um, How about Clive Owen? Clive Owen, <laughs> yeah, yeah. From uh, uh, Children of Men, mm-hmm. yeah. He's really good. And Sin City, Sin City as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What ha- what's he been doing lately? I don't know. I r- loved Children of Men. Yeah, it was a great. I thought movie. that was excellent. And I loved Sin City when it first came out mm-hmm. as well. I never bothered seeing the second one. I did not either. I heard it was sort of cheaper. Yeah. A cheaper movie. Mm. Um, what about Mickey Rourke as uh, Mr. Belvedere? <laughs> <laughs> Might be a little too rough around what the about edges. <laughs> Sly Stallone as <laughs> Mr. Belvedere? Hey, uh... <laughs> How about um, going back a week? What if we... Uh, Got Terry Kaiser in as Mr. Belvedere. Terry Kaiser. You know, uh, would you have him put on a British accent? I don't know. I'd have to hear it. Yeah. I'd, I'd imagine he's probably got one. Yeah. Uh, you know, in his uh, many decades of experience in the movie industry. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I was watching, unrelated to Mr. Belvedere, but related to Terry Kaiser... I was watching a uh, a program I watch on YouTube uh, that's uh, that's done by uh, the the uh, Red Letter Media Collective of uh, people, it's sort of like Cinemassacre, uh, but they're only focused really on on movies specifically. And they have a show called Best of the Worst, where they watch three B movies, like terrible, awful movies. Usually they're related in some way, like by genre or, you know, uh, on this particular episode it was uh, the dinosaur craze of the mid-90s started by Jurassic Park. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of the films that they watched was was called, I think it was called Terry and the T-Rex <laughs> or something. <laughs> and something like that. And it starred... Uh, Denise Richards and Paul Walker, a very young Denise Richards and Paul Walker, and Terry Kaiser <laughs> is the uh, the villain. Oh. He's a mad scientist, and he creates a uh, a robotic T Rex, and he wants to put a human brain <laughs> inside of it. <laughs> <laughs> Paul Walker is uh, in a in a terrible accident, and they uh, they kind of rob his body from the hospital, and they remove his brain and uh, put him into a T Rex, and uh, Terry Kaiser's behind the whole thing. So, hmm. not so, one of his best. <laughs> sounds fantastic. 
So, yeah. But yeah. Terry Kaiser, yeah. Wide range yeah. there. <laughs> he can go from dead guy to <laughs> to evil genius. Yeah. On the, on the drop of a hat. Very so. impressive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, we've we've casted uh, we've recasted Mr. Belvedere. Yeah. Um, for a reboot and for an alternate '80s timeline. Yeah. Um, I'm not really good with child actors today because I. I don't know. I just don't know many. Um, what about recasting Bob Euchre as mm. the dad? Oh, um, so far you don't see a lot of him yet. In the first episode, he comes in right towards the end. And yeah. You get a little taste. So I'm not. He he doesn't have that specific of a characterization yet. Yeah. Um. I don't know what type of... He seems like a nice father, but... Nice, but stern. Yeah. When he needs to be. Yes. So, um... But he has that kind of... There's only one Bob Euchre. That's the problem. He's so unique that... Any generic dad actor you could just throw in there and he could fill the spot. But yeah. you're trying to fill the shoes of Bob Euchre. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so is there another athlete turned actor? or uh, <laughs> That um, you can think of? I don't know. What if... Uh... What about this? Um... What if it's Kobe Bryant? Because he said... I saw this big interview with him on HBO. Were we watching that together in Portland? Yeah. Where he wants to, like, write books and do a whole different thing for this next act of his life. Yeah. And he gets approached with the script for uh, the Mr. Belvedere reboot. You think he's going to do it? You think he would do it if the money was right? And do you um, think if, he would have the charm to fill the role? He has the dedication. We know that. As the father? As the... <laughs> I could see him being the father, but I could not yeah. see him being Mr. Belvedere. Not Mr. Belvedere, the father. I'm, yeah. I'm recasting Bob Euchre. Yeah. <laughs> Kobe Bryant, Mr. Belvedere. <laughs> you know... <laughs> Now that you say that, I wouldn't cast Kobe as Mr. Belvedere, but I think Shaquille O'Neal would would do a good Mr. Belvedere. Maybe they could meet back up in that capacity. <laughs> not this son of a bitch again <laughs> kind of deal. Yeah. It's not explicitly stated, but it's like, it's underlying in the storyline where, yeah. oh, that would be great. I think Shaq would be be a good uh, Mr. Belvedere. I'm standing by that. I, even if you come at me and yeah. say that you don't think that he could do it, I think in his advanced years, he's not. I mean, he's not that old, <laughs> but uh, I think he's wiser now. Yeah. What about <laughs> Vince McMahon as George Owens <laughs> and Kevin Owens as Kevin Owens? <laughs> Vince McMahon's a little old to play George, I think. 
you think? He could he could just be one of those guys who had got children. started late. Yeah. No. That could be. I just I Vince McMahon he's a great heel. So he'd have to be kind of a dick. Mm-hmm. I I can't see him as being that kind of stern but fair father. He would have to be an asshole. He would have to fire Mr. Belvedere like every episode. <laughs> yeah, that would be great. <laughs> oh, Zach Madden joined and he said Patrick Stewart for Mr. Belvedere or oh, die. Yeah. I think Patrick Stewart would play... Oh, or Sir Ian McKellen. Yeah. Would be a wonderful Mr. Belvedere. Well, they could, they could be a part of the... Uh, you know, the cast of characters. Yes. The cast of actors who comes on and That's takes right. that role for a season. And then we're, we're turning it, uh, Mr. Belvedere into kind of like a Bond-style legacy role <laughs> where one actor can play him for, you know, a couple seasons and then maybe go off and do some other things in his career and then you have another guy step right in. So. Well... Um, since we're getting close to the end here tonight, maybe it would be good to to wrap things up with, um, you know, a, a fantasy uh, fanfic ending for the show. Ending the, for the actual pilot episode, or the actual, or the whole series. Maybe based off the pilot, you get to <laughs> you get to come up with your your ending to the entire series, mm-hmm. and. Um, Maybe it turns out well, maybe it doesn't, but, uh, mm-hmm. you know, you, your idea. Well, um, you know, what I, mine wouldn't be, I'm not going to go far-fetched with mine. I'm going to go realistic. Okay. Because I'm in that kind of a mood right now. So I think Mr. Belvedere sticks around until the kids get a little too grown up. Mm-hmm. And they... They still love Mr. Belvedere, but they're going off doing their own things. Maybe they're away at college or they've moved out. And uh, the uh, the parents are sort of up in years as well. And Belvedere is... They're not up in years, but they're like, you know... And Belvedere, Belvedere is up in years. And he's yeah. not able to keep up as well these days. And he's become more and more disconnected with the children... As they've grown up. It's kind of a uh, cats in the cradle situation. Mm-hmm. Where he's poured his life into this. To make them able to be self-reliant. But now that they are. You know he's taught them so well. That he's kind of made himself obsolete. Yeah. So I think in the final episode. You know you you have this empty house. Um, and there's just no need for Mr. Belvedere anymore, and he, uh, he kind of fixes himself breakfast alone, and he sits and eats it, and, uh, you know, he's thinking, he's reflecting back on his experience, and, uh, he knows it's come to an end, and he, uh, maybe you see him writing a little note, and then he you know, picks up a little bag and just kind of walks out the door and doesn't tell anyone. He just leaves, and that's it. You, d- you don't know what happens to him, but you assume that he goes somewhere to die. 
not to kill himself, but it's sort of like my my work here is done kind of thing, yeah. and then he, he has nothing left to live for, so... Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's not going to hang in there that long after this. He's going to maybe go check so into no... the local uh, retirement home and live out his last couple of years. <laughs> retirement home. <laughs> He's only like 70. (laughs) (laughs) He's completely fine. But he just... He can't be a butler anymore. I think you could make that happy (laughs) if after the credits roll, then there's like a black screen for a few seconds, and then you hear like a seagull, Mm -hmm. and then the camera pans from the ocean over to the beach, and you just see him... Kind of with a, a a hat on and maybe a little uh, cocktail in one yeah. of his hands, and he's just at a beach chair kicking it back, yeah, sipping his little drink. And you see a butler come up to him. To offer <laughs> yes, yes, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Oh, we got fifty-seven seconds until you can only have a uh, live feed on Facebook oh. for an hour and a half. I guess. Okay. Well, I'll wrap up. That will keep us honest. Yeah. Um, in mine, I'm going to say that uh, <laughs> there's been a war that has broken out, and <laughs> the Owens family have all been upstairs asleep, and Mr. Belvedere was downstairs trying to make breakfast when this happened. An explosion occurred, and he's battered and bruised, and he's trying to make it up the stairs with the plate of breakfast in his <laughs> hand for the Owenses, and his ankles are like snapping as he's walking upstairs and you Mm -hmm. see him drop the plate and he's grasping trying to pull himself up Mm -hmm. and then it the ends just just ends his last dying wish was just to still serve them and he couldn't do it (laughs) bye Alright, so our Facebook feed just ended, but we're still live on Periscope to yep. no one. That's weird. Well, yeah, we started that before, didn't we? Yeah, because we, we did. We just now hit an hour and a half on the uh, actual recording. So I guess uh, we're going to need to come up with a topic for next week. That's right. Um, hmm. That's a good, uh, that's a conundrum, because we've been really delving into this Belvedere. We've been, uh, Delvedering, <laughs> if you will. <laughs> um, hmm. I did like, I did enjoy watching that episode of Mr. Belvedere. Um, I'm not sure, uh... I kind of want to consider Bender on this because I don't know how much he would have contributed to the Mr. Belvedere episode. Mm-hmm. I think he would have. Yeah, I think so. Um, hmm. Is there something that you've seen recently or been watching or thinking about specifically? Hmm. What was something that I was talking about where I could do a whole podcast about it? <laughs> career of Terry Kaiser. <laughs> you just can't get away from the uh, weekend at Bernie's. Yeah. Uh, 
Was Weekend of Bernie's our last podcast before this one? Yes. Okay. So we, yeah, we may want to space that out a little more. What if we, um, what if over the course of the show, we, uh, we wrote, um, our own pilot? I like that. For a sitcom. Yeah. Come up with our own sitcom. Okay. Should we have parameters that we come up with? Does I think we to... should say it'll be a 30-minute sitcom. 30-minute pilot. Yeah. What if it picks up from where the end of your Mr. Belvedere left off? Where he's dead, but the war is broken out. So what are the Owens is going to do now? <laughs> well, I feel like that... I would explore that, but I, then Bender wasn't here for it. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. If it we have no, fresh. if we have no foundation going yeah. in, then I mean, it's it's completely up in the air as to what it could be about. It could be very fun. I liked uh, pitching the uh, Weekend at Bernie's three. Yeah. Um. So I'm all for doing the TV pilot. Okay. So. Right. Pilot week. We'll write a pilot. Mm-hmm. And. Then uh, we'll pitch it to you. <laughs> <laughs> you listeners can be the uh, the executives. At yeah. The, the um, at the uh, what do you call it? The network. Yeah. Network executives, and we'll make it interactive. If you uh, if you watch it live on Facebook or Periscope, you can drop in with your comments and yeah. kind of give suggestions and things. Steer and, us in yeah. the direction you want it to go. Yeah. Maybe. So. Tune in next week for the pilot episode, Super Divorce Supercast. All right. We'll see you guys then. Take her easy. Bye-bye. She's my lady. Super Divorce.